We are back. Another week of the Courtside Takeover Podcast. It's been a long week. As I'm stating to y'all, for my two people that listen every week, <laughs> it's not two, but um, thank y'all for listening. But as I said, it's been a very, very busy week, and it continues to go on. At this point, I come sit in this office every day at work and vent on Tuesdays. Um, so it's been a busy, busy week. Um, we was had the Hoop It Up event. Which was really, really nice. Kevin Garnett. They say Kevin Garnett sponsored. I was hoping he was gonna be there, but it's sponsored by big ticket promotion. So that's my luck. But um Hoop It Up event Hoop It Up I always got like a bad rep growing up. It done stopped for a while. I remember I played it in a couple times. I remember when I was younger, one of my teams actually won it, but it wasn't nowhere how it was. It wasn't nowhere near how it was now. So um, Hoop It Up was nice, but I think I got to see a lot of people. I got to network, meet a lot of people, get in the field, talk to a lot of people. And you know me, that's what I love doing. I think building relationships are priceless. So I think that if I could build relationships with people and let people know that, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm not that bad of a guy. <laughs> so I think building relationships is everything. So getting to talk to the mayor, getting to talk to Coach Bruiser over at Gamble, getting to chop it up with Coach Black for a while. Getting to talk it up to um Coach Ricardo Hill. First time I seen him since really um since he got the Indian Hill job. He was telling me some great things that I ain't go that I ain't go release or nothing yet. But he gonna tell he was he was telling me some great things that he had coming, which I was really, really excited about. So um it just felt good to just be back in the field, good basketball, good street basketball, just something like the um oh, I forgot, I can't think of it right now, but Kids don't hoop outside no more like they used to. I mean, growing up, like, and I'm not even that old. I ain't trying to make it seem like I'm the old guy. But I played outside every day starting at the age of, like, eight. Like, I hooped outside. We didn't have no gym. It wasn't no gym. Now you see a lot of kids texting, like, hey, what gym can we get in? What gym can we? It's a it's a 24-hour gym outside. So the gym time's different, though. But I say that to say that's probably what my knees like they is now. <laughs> I'm not that old, but. I'd be like, man, my knees be killing me. But it probably come from hooping outside. I ain't start hooping in the gym probably till I got in high school. Like, and a lot of kids don't do that. So it felt good to see kids really just hooping outside. I mean, it was really a good event. I ain't going to say nothing. To do it. But it was a good event. It was a nice turnout, good event, great sponsors behind it. Hopefully I can get my name in the mix one day. But it was good to cover it. But I say that to say, um, in the past... The city of Cincinnati had a lot of mayors. Jerry Springer, <laughs> for those who didn't know. Mark Mallory. Oh, I forgot the, sh- the mayor that we had last term. Short guy. But um, I can't remember. But this mayor we have now is just different. It's just something about him that's different. He's active. He's in the community. He's, like, I've never seen a mayor in this many high schools. I've never seen... One day he was on Philly Market giving out an award, and the next day he was at a tab game. So I really, really love this mayor. I love him for the city. I love what he want to bring for the city. I hope I don't know how long you can keep mayors, but I hope we keep him for a long, long time. I really, really enjoy this mayor. And I think it got a lot to do with him being from Chicago. How weird does that sound? He, he loved the game of basketball, as you will hear next in this interview I got coming up. He loved the game of basketball. He loved people. And he just want to give he want to get that feel back in the city. So, with further less to say, check out my interview with the mayor of Cincinnati. It's this again with a course I take over podcast. I'm sitting here with the mayor of Cincinnati after he just got done playing one of the three on three participants. How was that event for you? How was that just that that whole game for you? It was so much fun, man. Um, I, I played ball all growing up, so it was it was nice to live out the glory days for a, a few minutes in front of all the kids. That was fun. This event, been, this event been down a long time for the city. How does it feel just to get this back running up and just get the energy back in the city for the uh, basketball? It feels amazing, man. You know, I grew up playing three-on-three basketball tournaments, Gus Macker, you know, all over the country, and, and I miss those days. You know, kids have AAU, but uh, this is an opportunity for kids in the community to come out and uh, play for bragging rights. So uh, we, got, we got 65 teams. We got over 200 kids here, so really thrilled about it. How do you plan on growing this event from this year and moving on forward? Well, first off, hopefully it doesn't rain next year. <laughs> so we can be outside on the streets in front of City Hall. Uh, but look, uh, this year is successful. It's going to grow every single year. The partnership with Kevin uh, Kevin Garnett's Hoop It Up is incredible. So we're just going to keep it moving. All right, thanks a lot. That was the mayor of Cincinnati. I hope that you all enjoyed that little short interview. 
really want to do partner with him on a lot of different things, really. As you all know, well, y'all might not know. Well, now you do. I work for Clover. I'm the adaptive sports coordinator for Clover Nook Center for the Blind and Visually Impaired. To give you a little insight on that, I work specifically with kids that's blind or visually impaired, teaching them various different sports, um, how to how to do bowling, rock climbing, horseback riding, tennis, boxing, baseball, different stuff. We got basketball coming down the woodworks, little stuff like that. Um, Because I was an adaptive athlete myself. I played basketball while being visually impaired. And I think me giving that that motivation and encouragement to someone else always been my goal and my dream. So when I got promoted to this position, I was super duper excited. So I would love the mayor to come out and see some things that we do over here at Clovernook. We also, if y'all didn't know, to give y'all a little more insight on Clovernook, we are the largest Braille producer in the world. Not the country, the world. Largest Braille producer. Um, we produce over three thirty million pages of Braille a year, something like that. So we do over thirty million pages of Braille a year. We also do we also contract through NLS National Library Services for the Blind. We got Braille Bibles, ESPN and Braille, uh magazine in Braille, um what it's called, ESPN the magazine in Braille, we got Monopoly Money in Braille. Clover Nook do various different things, so I would love for the mayor to come out and partner with us on some of that stuff and just see what we do here because I think we're a small organization that many people don't know about. So if you're hearing this and you can get in touch with the mayor, I would love to partner with him. I would love to come over to Clovernook, see the campus, see what we do. Hey, if you're the mayor himself, please check it out. Um, also, Coach Bruiser 4D, man. Some people you meet in this game, and it's just like they just – Recept you with open arms. Like, and I think Bruiser are one of those guys. Like, some people, like, Bruiser, when I first met Bruiser, he said, man, we got to stick together. I ain't never knew what that meant, but I think he showed me what that meant. Every time you see Bruiser is love, what up, Courtside? As y'all can see in the interview, man, he was he, he, he was excited. So, man, I think Bruiser one of the guys that I rock with hard. Um, If you're listening to this, I appreciate you, Bruiser. He gave me the platform anytime I want to talk, anytime I need an interview, anytime anything going on. I think Bruiser always come through. So, hey, I hope y'all enjoy this short Bruiser interview and let me know what you think. We're here with head coach of Gamble Montessori. We're here with Coach Bruiser. What's going on, boss? What's going on, man? I can't call it down here supporting the CRC and uh, hoop it up. Man, so you got a team in who you here with, 4D or Gamble? I got, uh, I got about five 4D teams here. Uh, different age groups. Uh, we got 14. I think we got three 14s and two um, 16 and 19 year olds. Man, that's what's up. How the, how the summer been going for you? You ready for the season? Oh, I can't wait, man. I got a uh, got a good group coming back. You know, we ready to get to work. Opening day, we play with bro. You know, that's what's up. That should be a good game, man. We here with Coach Bruiser, 4D slash Gamble, man. Congratulations. Good luck. Appreciate you, man. Shout out to Courtside, man. You do it. No doubt. That's love. Shout out 4D. That's my that's my guy Bruiser, man. Gave me some good insight on what they got going on this year. 4D, he when he said he had about five, five 4D teams, he really had about he might he might have he might have missed a couple. <laughs> 4D was heavy down there at Hoop It Up, man. Um Coach Ricardo. Coach Ricardo is another guy I appreciate. I love what he's doing. Like I said earlier, I love what Coach Ricardo got Coach Ricardo doing, what he got coming down the pipeline. I think he's gonna have it's gonna be a different Indian Hill team y'all see this year. I think everybody used to seeing the Indian Hill that run a lot of offense, half court, set like I think Ricardo gonna get them boys getting up and down. I think he's gonna have them playing more open. Um it's gonna be a lot of a lot more dribble drive, a lot of more feet in the post. It's gonna be um if y'all know how Ricardo Hill like the coach, how he like to run stuff, you're gonna see a whole different Indian Hill team. So I'm ready to see that. But I hope y'all um, like this short, short interview I did with Coach Ricardo Hill. He gave me – Coach Ricardo went in depth on a lot of stuff, and I really appreciated this. When you interview, and they say, let the interviewee talk. And that's what I did with Coach Ricardo. And he talked, and he gave us some information, and he let us know what they got going on over at Indian Hill this year. Talked about being on the job. So I really appreciated this interview. Thanks, Coach Ricardo. We are back with another episode of the Course I Take Over podcast here at the Hoop It Up, man. We're here with Coach Ricardo Hill, man. How's it going? How did y'all do the first game? All right, all good, man. Um, a pleasure to come down here to watch my guys 
um, ball against some um, city competition. So, um, but we played well the first game we won. Congratulations if I didn't get a chance to tell you, man. How the summer been going for you all? Uh, you know what? A lot of our guys um, play multiple sports, so um, they're doing a little bit of everything. But in June, we had a pretty good June. Um, try to institute our the new level of play that we're gonna we're gonna um, play at Indian Hill now, um, a more faster pace. So it, it was pretty fun. How do you think having this hoop it up event back in the city helps the city on the basketball level? Oh, big time, man! Like kids don't kids don't. Um, get out on the street and, and, and play anymore. Like we came up, we used to go to the park and, and let's ball. And they don't do any, they don't do that anymore. And so this um, just bring back those memories. And anytime you can have three on three, that's where you learn the game. And so it's, man, I'm, I'm on cloud nine right now, just watching all the kids ball out. All right, that's Ricardo Hill with Indian Hill. Thanks, man. Good luck. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks, Coach Ricardo. That was Coach Ricardo Hill. Last but not least, we got um new coach for the Aiken Falcons. Aiken, um, how many? T I think Aiken had like three teams down there: Belmont Boys, Falcons, and um, I can't think of the other team. I know, I know, I know. I kept hearing Belmont Boys report to court. I know I kept hearing Falcons report to a court. So, um, as I noticed, a lot of high school teams brought teams like Coach Ricardo brought a couple Indian Hill players. Coach Black brought a couple Aiken players. Bruiser brought some 40 kids, maybe Gamble kids. You never know. So, um, and I think Aiken had like three teams in there, but I think I took a lot away from coaches bringing teams down. And by that, I mean, most of these events, you may see coaches say, don't get hurt. We don't want you to get hurt. Or, or I don't think you should play outside. It's the off season. All these coaches being PC. And I think a lot of coaches that was down there, those was a lot of the coaches say, hey, bro, we going outside to hoop. We used to hooping outside. Let's go outside, get this wreck in. It's going to elevate us. It's going to elevate the team. We're going to get better. Let's play together. It's a restriction in Ohio. I said that with air quotes, if y'all can see me. Um, it's a restriction. You're, in August, you're not allowed to be in the gym. Or if you're in the gym, it's only conditioning work or workouts. And I think some coaches could say, hey, man, y'all already ain't got us in the gym. Let's use this time to get better. So I think Coach Black, one of those coaches, once I see how many Aiken teams he had down there, I think it was like three of them. So, um, and he just a workhorse. Um, he just a workhorse. Ever since I knew him, I respected his grind. Y'all know he a friend of the show. So, I think he just a workhorse. He gonna put the work in. So, and y'all can see this by the passion he talked with in the interview. Um, so just check it out. Hope y'all enjoy it. We are here with the head coach of the Aiken Falcons here at another game on the Hoop It Up event. How's it going, Coach Black? Oh, it's good. What's up with it? Man, nothing much, man. How did your boys do the first? How did your boys do the first game? They played good, man. You know, it's just some uh, defensive rotational things they need to work on, but you know, it's just a good wreck. So you know, let them play three on three. You get a lot of touches. Get to figure out what you can and can't do. So it's just an opportunity for them to learn. How do you think this Hoop It Up event will elevate the basketball in the city? Hopefully it get kids playing outside again. Playing outside is where you get them dogs that, you know, going to the park Saturday mornings and there's no age limit. You could be 14 hooping with 25, 30-year-olds just getting tough, playing that real live physical basketball, learning how to compete, man. That's that's the good part about Hoop It Up. So hopefully it inspire kids to get back outside to them parks, man. Yeah, now, how's the summer been going for you all? Being at school, about to start back is August. How the summer been? Our summer was great. The summer was great. You know, conditioning was a, was a war. Uh, the weight room, dudes becoming men now. So just still trying to get our, our, our fingerprints on it. You know, right now, August, you can't do nothing besides condition and weight. So we'll just stay at that. But just getting the numbers getting higher. We got a lot of dudes coming out, showing out. Um, I mean, showing up. But I know once school starts, the number going to go up. So I'm trying to build a program with as many kids as possible, man, to show them that we really can have something special with her if everybody just buy in. The numbers be high and everybody just be buying in. Well, that's Coach Black for the Aiken Falcons. Thanks, Coach Black. Yep, yep. Welcome to another episode of the Course I Takeover Podcast. We are back with another week. Now, um, 
just to tell you, I'm going to feel a little better this week. A lot better, actually. Last week, man, my bad. I was drained. I was tired. I don't mean to take that out on you all or on the pod, but it's my mission to give you all content every week, and that's what I try my best to do. So, with that being said, furthermore, this episode we got here today is really a flashback episode. No interview, nobody on. Actually, I'm getting interviewed. It's a super old interview. This happened uh, eight years ago, uh, 2014, about eight years ago. This happened eight years ago. Now, it's a story about this. Before y'all get to hear it, before everybody get a chance to hear it and listen to it, please share if you get a chance to. I, I, I want everybody to hear this story. I think it's a good story, but share if you get a chance to. So, to tell y'all a little story about me, well, let's deep dive into story time. So, I love basketball. I fell in love with basketball at the age of... I think I was like in the third, the first time I remember myself picking up a basketball, I was in the third grade, I remember vividly. Um, my dad passed when I was four, so my mom, she's really did it by her own. Mom wasn't really in the sports, not really in the sports. I found the love of basketball by myself. Nobody, t- I always say this, nobody taught me how to play the game. Nobody taught me the rules to the game. Nobody, I just fell in love with it, learned everything myself, learned how to dribble, learned how to shoot, learned how to like, did everything myself. Nobody actually trained me. So, um, so fell in love with basketball like the third grade. Um, end up seeing my brother playing, my big brother, God rest his soul. Um, first time I ever seen somebody actually play the game. Seventh grade, he made his team. He like five six, but played center just because he was stronger than everybody. So I just fell in love with it. Tried out for the team the next year. I was in sixth grade. I was able to. Um, we lived so far from the school. We only have morning practice, so wasn't able to play. <laughs> Fast forward, get to high school, boom, no, get to eighth grade, boom. End up going to Hartwell, um, end up playing basketball, going through with it, end up loving, no, 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 fast forward with this back. End up going to Horizon, Horizon Middle School. So sixth grade, I never got the chance to play. So I'm like, dang, better luck next time. We switched schools, I end up going to Horizon Middle School over there in Bond Hill. Went to the school, now remember, at this time I never played basketball before, Never played on the team. Didn't know how good I was. First year ever playing basketball, I was arguably the best player in the city. It ain't close. Um, I guess I was out had college looks already. Different high schools in the gym recruiting me. I was picked to play, to practice with Team USA. Um, I can't wait till that paperwork coming. I still got it. I think I talked about this before. I was picked to play for Team USA. So me not even touching the ball, me just off watching basketball a lot. Me loving the game, I just just rolled the ball out. My coach was Coach Rodney Crawford. Played for UC back in the day. He used to be the player development for UC. If you hearing this, or if y'all, or if y'all can find that's that used to be my old coach at Horizon, Rodney Crawford. Great guy, but um, best player in the city, arguably couldn't be touched. Um, after that, I lost my sight. And that was, it was kind of scary because I lost my sight not knowing what was next. Lost my sight. As soon as I lost my sight, the doctor said, you got to stop playing basketball. I know you love the game. I know this is what you do, but I think you should stop playing basketball. It's a dangerous game. I'm not going to lie. I cried. At the, age of, at the age of 14, the doctor tell you you got to stop doing something you love with all your heart. It, it, it hurt. So... There's a lot of stuff that went in between this. I, I can't wait to tell the story one day. But it's a lot of stuff that went in between this that I think that a lot of people, a lot of people would be surprised that, like, how did you do that? You made it through that. Like, I would have gave up on that. But I think it's a lot of stuff that went in between that I can't wait to elaborate on. But after that, Went to Hartwell, lost my sight, and then at the age of fourteen, when a doctor tell a when a, once a doctor tell a um kid like he can't play basketball no more, it's like your whole life taken away. I wasn't in the girls, I wasn't in the music, I wasn't into nothing but playing and watching basketball. Went to my mom. At this point, at this point, it's in the eighth grade. I'm in the eighth grade. Went to went to my mom. Said they said I got to stop playing. She said, "What do you want to do?" I said, "I want to play. I don't care. I want to play." So at this time I'm in the eighth grade. Um, playing for Hartwell. We one of the best teams in our little league. We wasn't in the city league, wasn't in the public school at the time. So Hartwell is a it's a small, small school in a small, small community. About right right next to Bond Hill and right next to like Wyoming, the Lachlan area. Real, real small community. 
So I go there. I don't know how I got to Hartwell. But um, I ended up at Hartwell. So at Hartwell, I'm, I'm still in the process of losing my vision. So I don't think a lot of people, including my mom, don't know the magnitude of it. So at this point, I'm still playing. But the coach, I don't even think that because I remember something real vividly. Um, The first game of the season, we played Ethel Taylor. School in Commonsville, um, Madison Millville, one of all of it's connected. That little that little section over there. So we played one of those. So first game of the season, terrible first half. At this point, it's kind of weird to everybody. It's kind of new because the first game of the season is the same day I went to the doctor to see about my vision. Then my mom ended up saying something real quick. She said, "You know how you you take the eye test and they put the they put the letter on the biggest thing on the board. Then they say." Tell me what that letter means. Well, tell me what that letter say. I said, I don't know. My mom said, if you don't tell me what that letter is, then you're not playing today. I said, I guess I'm not playing. So that's how she knew it was real. So look, boom. I still left there, went to the game. I told the coach what was going on. Look, coach, I don't know what's going on. My Mr. Cooley, shout out Mr. Cooley. Last time I checked, he was at Wanna Hills, but I don't know where he is now. Shout out to Mr. Cooley. That was my eighth grade basketball coach. I don't, I don't forget names for people that impacted me inspirationally. Mr. Cooley, I'll never forget you. Um, so, Mr. Cooley, I'm telling him what's going on with my vision. I'm telling him everything that happened. He like, uh, I don't want, at this point, it's so new to everybody. He like, I don't understand. Can you play for me? Like, I said, I can still play. I'm going out there to play. Like, if I, if, if I can see light, I'm going to do it. So, and that's, how, that's what I told him that day. I said, if I can see light, I can play. So, it was scary. I didn't know what was going to happen. First time I went out there, the first play was ran for me. It was called Elbow. <laughs> first time he ran the play for me, somebody tried to pass me the ball. I didn't see it. It went straight out of bounds. He called a timeout. And I just remember being in the huddle and him putting the board to my face, trying to be funny, taking the expo marker, pointing. He said, you're supposed to be here. Do you remember this? Can you see this? They killed all my self-esteem. The rest of the game... Shot like three air balls. Next ball went off the side of the backboard. I remember taking it, taking it from the elbow, scoring on somebody, calling him, calling him too little. That was the only, only thing I remember from that game. So after that game, I'm thinking like, all right, back and forth to the doctor. What do I do? Something interesting. I still got my stats from that year because I thought my eighth grade year was going to be my last game, my last year playing basketball. We get we get into the main story. It was going to be my last year playing basketball. So after every game, I go home, write down my stats. Write down my stats. Write down my stats. Just so I can keep track of my last year playing. So, which I thought. So, that happened. I go through the yard. Pretty good year. I was like 10 points, maybe. Me, Aaron Owen, Demetrius, DeAndre Smith. Um, uh, We had some pretty good teams. We lost to Winton Hills in the championship. So, um, so we had some pretty good teams. So, that goes on. Go to high school. Um, I'm like, okay. He gave me the opportunity he really didn't know about. Because he was there until he he was there at the, within the process of me losing my vision and me having sight. So Mr. Cooley is a lot more understanding. That's how I took it. Going to high school, this is where we get to where we go where what we supposed to be leading up to. Going to high school, I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna play basketball for high school. Maybe I'll be a manager or something, or I didn't know really what to expect. Because when you look, let's be real. Looking at high school, you might look on TV and think that it's how it's supposed to be. Like, before I got to high school, I see all the football players with varsity jackets sitting in the lunchroom, sitting on the table. <laughs> Everybody 6'6", six, six, built like like linemen. I'm like, no, that's not in city schools. <laughs> no, that's only in Mason, Milford, and, and, and West Claremont. That's not in, in the city. So, got to high school, it was totally different. I'm like, this seemed like a big old social gathering. My opinion. So it helped me a little bit because if you know me, I'm a people person. I love people. I love talking to people. I like meeting new people. I love networking. I like team building, team bonding. I love that stuff. So that's how I felt. I said, oh, this ain't nothing but a big network community. So I get there. Um, my friend at, at this time, my best friend, Aaron Owen, playing basketball. So I already got the kind of coach connection. Cause he was, they gave him the keys early, so I'm like, okay, I'm at the practices. I'm like, maybe I'll be a team manager, maybe I'll do something on the light end. I don't know. Hey, hey, we'll see. So, so he got the green key. So, at practice, back and forth, 
at practice, back and forth. I say, I want to meet the coach. Meet the coach. Get, gave me this kind of quirky personality to start off with. I say, hey, what's up? I remember the conversation like it was yesterday. I say, my name Diz. He said, okay. I said, I want to play basketball, but I'm visually impaired. He said, well, what can you do? I said, I can shoot. He said, let me see. <laughs> so, at this time, still don't know his name yet. Still don't know. Um, so, I shot, I shot a couple times. <laughs> Terrible. I missed every shot. So, he just said, man, I thought you told me you could shoot. <laughs> I said, well, I can. That was the end of the conversation. I ended up writing him a letter. I'm sitting in class, supposed to be working, but I'm writing him a letter. I say, how you doing, coach? Um, my name Dez. I told you I was visually impaired. I love basketball. Blah, blah, blah. That's what happened. Da, 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 da. Coach Juan said, come on, come out. Come to practice. He said, I'm not going to promise you. This one made, I think this one made me respect him. I don't know if he even remembered this. But if you listening to this, I appreciate that. He texts me and say, no, no. Once I gave him the letter, he stopped me again and say, you come to freshman practice? But I'm going to make you work as hard as everybody else. And I respected that so much on the simple fact. I never wanted no handout. I never wanted nobody to look at me as no charity case. I never wanted no one to treat me any different. I think I respected Coach Wyant more when he put me out of practice. My respect level went to a different level. It's not the fact that I thought I couldn't never get put out, but it's the fact that he treated me equal. He treated me as the same player. I don't care that you can't see. I want you to make every line. I want you to follow our command. You are a part of the team, and I think that's why my respect level went to a different level. So most people think my respect from Coach Wine comes from basketball. This ain't got nothing to do with basketball. I can care less about his coaching ability. I can care less about if he ever win another game. And that's just me personally. But this man gave me an opportunity I believe not another coach in the city would have gave me. No one, and I remember a coach playing for him. He's still actually coaching to this day. He coached with passion, so I'm not going to say nothing wrong about him. But he said something to me that I totally disagree with. He coached for Hughes at the time. He was yelling, I was doing something wrong, wasn't getting the play right. I don't remember what it was. But he looked at me and said, man, you get it right. You better be lucky as wine because you think it's sweet. Any other coach wouldn't have let you play. If I wasn't a kid at the time, I would have said, I would have said some foul words to him and said, you don't think I know that? I'm not no charity case. I don't want nobody to think I am. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I worked for everything I got and I, want, and I wanted him to know that at the time but didn't know how to express it because I was a 15, 16, I was a freshman. I was a 15-year-old kid at the time. I didn't know. I didn't want everybody to know that, that I don't want no handouts. I worked for everything I got. I worked, my, I worked my tail off to be here. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So, But people wonder why I appreciate once. This didn't have nothing to do with it. I could have played for any coach in the city. They would have said, you're not about to play for me. What can we do for you? How can we play you? How can you help us? But I think he knew how much I loved the game, loved being around the game, cared for the game, was passionate about the game, and he picked his spots for me to win. It's different. Like, for example, I told you all last week, I'm the adaptive sports coordinator for Clover Nook Center, which is we teach kids. We adapt sports so it could be playable for kids. We adapt tennis. We find ways to adapt bowling to adapt rock climbing, to adapt any sport so it could be playable for kids. And the first time I ever seen basketball adapted was with Coach Ryan. So, stuff that he, things that he did, you all, you all will hear it in this next clip, this next interview. He made each player call out my name before they pass me the basketball. Being that I can't physically see someone about to pass it to me, if someone about to pass it to me, they got to say, Dez! That helped me out a lot. He had specific plays ran for me. At the time, my brother, shout out Coach Greg Scruggs for the New York Jets. Woo -woo. At the time, my brother played for the Seattle Seahawks. We had a special play ran called Seahawk for me. The play was, everyone starts on the left-hand side. Dwight 
One of my good friends, Dwight Neer, is setting a pick. I'm curling off the pick. I'm coming to the elbow, elbow, catching the ball on the elbow. Then I get busy. I only guard. I only guarded players. I did Um, I played the three, the four, and the five. I played the. I played those positions because I was a great defender. I won best. I won defender of the year three times in a row. I, I speak highly on my defense. <laughs> so, I only guarded certain players. So it was ways he picked and played the game for me. So I just say that, I say all that to say, check out this interview from eight years ago from me as I did when I was in the midst of playing for Hughes and um, the, everything I had to overcome, everything that I faced within the time, everything that I went through, how the game was played for me. And also at the end of the interview, what makes this interview so real, so inspirational, so life-changing at the, end of, at the end of the interview, I said, I want to teach kids like me how to play sports. Guess what I'm actually doing 10 years later? Teaching kids like me how to play sports. This is major for me. I manifested it. I spoke it into fruition. I believed in it. I stuck to it, and I am doing it. So please, please, if you all, I say this every week. I say this every week. If you know someone that knows somebody, share the interview. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, I appreciate you all for listening. I can't say it enough. Um, and I listen to the pod every week. I told y'all this, though. I hate hearing myself talk, but I listen to the pod every week because I want to get better at content. I want to get better at talking. I want to slow myself down a little because I think I talk too much and fast. So I want to slow it down a little bit. But I say that to say thank you. Because last week I said only two li- two people listening. And you know what's funny? Two people don't really listen. I never had two listeners since my first interview. When I interviewed Coach Paul, I ain't never had two listeners. But I said that, I said, quote unquote, playing that only two people listening. And last week was my, mo- was my most viewed pod. You know, it's crazy. Most viewed podcast last week when I was playing time. But only two people go listen. I guess, I guess y'all heard it and said, go listen. But I appreciate it. Thank you. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And um, I don't know how to pay y'all back because as long as one people, li- long as one person listening, or if a hundred and fifty-eight people listen, someone's listening. That's all that matter. So I hope you all enjoyed this short interview that I did with Channel Nine News WCPO. Um, and that's all. Subscribe, like. Comment, tell a friend, and tell a friend. It's the Course I Took Over podcast, and I appreciate you all. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Course I Took Over podcast. I want to give a special, special shout out and thank you. I had a chance to sit down with Lucy May and Cincinnati Edition over at ninety one point seven WXVU and talk everything adaptive sports. Um, if you know me, it's crazy because um about eight years ago, I always wanted I wanted to work with kids with disabilities and teach them how to play sports, but didn't know what it was called. Um, but it's a job for that. It's a title for that. It's called adaptive sports coordinator. Um, pretty cool job. I get to work with various different kids, teaching them all about sports like skiing in the winter, bowling. If you go bowling, they actually give you like these little ramp things to put on there, and you actually get to see. The kids get to actually push the ball down. It's kind of cool. You all should go see it. But rock climbing, tennis. Um, we partner with the Cincinnati Tennis Foundation. And we also have tennis every third Wednesday every month behind Withrow. So I just hope you all enjoyed this um, interview. Um, I did. I want to give a, like I said, thank you again to them. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, so I hope you all check it out enjoy it. I hope you like it. Let me know what you all think. It's a little more insight of what I do um, on a day-to-day basis. So if you thought that the podcast was just the podcast and like, what is going on? What do he do? Do he just go around recording games? This is what I do. So I hope you all enjoy this interview with um, WXVU. And I appreciate it again, Lucy May, for having me. Tell me what you think. Welcome to another episode of the Course I Take Over podcast. It's been a minute. 
It's been a long time, actually. Uh, I've been out for about, uh, we ain't, I haven't talked to you all in about a month. I haven't did a solo pod. I haven't had any interviews. But as you can see, we got an interview. We got a guest today. So so when we kick off this season, let, uh, I don't even want to say it's a new season. At this point, I'm just going. I'm not going to stop. So when we kick it, I always like to get the females integrated. So you'll see where I'm going with that in a second. But I also do my solo pod. So for you, for you all who don't watch me, you all just watch the interviews on separate occasions. If you if you subscribe to me on podcasts, on Google, on Apple, on plat- pop, uh, platforms like that, I also do solo pods where I break down the game, I talk about games, I have fun, I do little things like that. So with that being said, I just want to cover. So today is I'm recording this on a Tuesday. Podcast drops on Tuesday. I'm recording this on a Tuesday today, NBA opening day. So I'm going to give y'all a little feedback where I've been at, what's been going on, um, catch some, catch everybody up on what I'm doing, what's going on in the NBA, what's going on in the high school scene. High school scene start Black Friday. That's almost uh, we're about like a month away. So that's been good stuff. So I'm going to start off by uh, let's start off by talking about okay, the punch heard around the world. My opinion is the Draymond punch. Um, so my thought on that is really. So when I first seen it, you know, when I first heard about it, okay, I thought the same thing most people think. It's a punch. But the first thing most people go to is when Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr. And I always say, if that's the only example you can give me, that's not good. Everybody said it always happened. It's always occurred. No, it don't. If the last punch you telling me somebody after moving furniture. If the last punch, you know, they telling me somebody punched somebody in the face at practice that was 30 years ago, that don't happen all the time. I don't care what goes on the behind the scenes, but but then I then I get don't get me wrong. I, I I played for a coach, he always said, um, he always said, if you can no, what he say, don't don't quote me. If y'all if a fight didn't break out yet at practice, the season hasn't started. So, don't get me wrong, players fight, teammates fight, but you're not about to punch me in my face. But, okay, I'm going with something with this. Stay on track. I think that the video, I'm looking at it from this perspective. Starting last year, really like a year and a half ago, the year y'all remember the year Curry was out and Curry got hurt and he didn't play like half the season, he played like 15 games, so it's all on Draymond, and they didn't win for real. They only won like 18 games that year. They was terrible. And I think the Warriors realized that. So last year, Draymond played absolutely bad. And they had to come to the conclusion like, they, okay, so we won a championship. We got these young guys coming up. Kaminga coming up. He nice. He on the rise. We got uh, Moses Moody coming up. We got, um, what's the other big that was out last year? We got Wiseman coming up. So they probably thinking Draymond is the most expendable player. Even though he's been there, he's the quote-unquote glue guy, but he's the most expendable player, right? So I think the Warriors noticed that. And I didn't think they was ready to offer Draymond anyway. They would, I didn't think they was going to give Draymond no money. So when everybody thinking that, quote-unquote, for all my podcast listeners, I'm throwing up the quotation marks, for everybody think that, the media team leaked that video. Have any everybody ever thought, what if the Warriors leaked it? What if that was their reason not to pay Draymond? Because did y'all know as soon as the video came out, a week later, Jordan Poole get paid. Next thing you know, Andrew Wiggins get paid. You can only have, really, really, you can only have three max players on your team. If you want to be technical, you can only have three max players on your team with everybody still taking a pay cut. Where the Warriors winning that is Moses Moody on rookie contract, James Wiseman on rookie contract, Jonathan Camigo on, on rookie contract, Juan Toscato Anderson play for the Lakers now. If you think about it, the Warriors really not that deep. Jordan Poole just got an extension, which is a max extension for a rookie. Um, Clay Thompson still on the max contract. Uh, Draymond last year at his max contract. Steph Curry max contract. That's four max contracts. They just played those. They just paid those four people. So who else are you going to pay? You can't pay Draymond. I think this was kind of their excuse to say, "Let's put this out there and make it look like if we don't resign him, this is why." So think about that. And also, they said they investigating to see who leaked the tape. P. 
Pay attention to this. You all haven't heard nothing else about that tape getting leaked. Have you? Just think about it. Just think about it. Think deeper than that. Just think about it. Huh. What was that? Oh, hey. Hey, hey. How y'all? Uh, did this thing go? Oh, yeah, it's on. Hey, how you doing? I'm Mr. Courtside. Some people may know me as Diz. Some people may know me as Courtside. Some people may know me as Juan Diz. However you know me. Thank you for watching. Appreciate you for listening. Could you please do me a favor? Hit the subscribe button, please. If you're listening on YouTube, if you're listening on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, however you're listening. If you love the content, if you like what you're listening to, please do me a favor and support. Hit the subscribe button. It's free. Maybe you'll even win some free merch. Of course, I'll take over shirt. Of course, I'll take over hat. I don't know. Just let me know. Hit the subscribe button, please, and keep supporting. And also, tell me who you want to hear from next. Thank you. Bear with me. Lakers are terrible, but they're loaded as in potential. So the West is loaded. So the West got, you got the Clippers, which who I think going to be my NBA Finals pick. We got the Clippers. You got Golden State. You got Minnesota. You got Memphis. You got Phoenix. You got, like, come on, man. But I think, so I love Lonnie Walker. I love Lonnie Walker for L.A. I love Kendrick Nunn for L.A. And surprisingly, I love Dennis Schroeder. Even though he dropped the bag, how you go from getting offered $88 million to making 2.5? But that's a different story for another day. But even though he dropped the bag, I love Dennis Schroeder. The biggest problem is Russ. Russ not going to be on the team all year. Trust me. Russ not going to be on the team all year. This is the line. It's expensive. He's an expensive six, man, for $47 million, but you can't play him. And I think the reason that Russ decided to play tonight like I said, y'all probably listening to this before it comes out. It's a week old. I know. But decided the reason Russ decided to play on opening day is because I feel like he thought his spot was in jeopardy. Bro, you pulled your hamstring on Friday. It's Tuesday. He think his spot in jeopardy. So, and what y'all probably said, what do you mean he think his spot in jeopardy? Because this is what I think. This is the lineup. I, if the Lakers want to go make a run in the playoffs or go at least try to compete for a title, you're going to start Kendrick Nunn, Dennis Schroeder. He out, though. Dennis Schroeder just got out. He just had surgery. So I'll start Kendrick Nunn, Patrick Beverly, believe it or not. I'll start Patrick Beverly at my one. I'll start Kendrick Nunn at my two. I would start LeBron at my three. I love. I like Thomas Bryant. A lot of people. I, I like. I like Thomas Bryant when he played in Washington with Bradley Beal for the past couple of years. I like. I like him. So I will start AD, the LeBron at my three. I'll start AD at the four, and I start Thomas Bryant at the five. Yeah, probably, Thomas Bryant. Yes, Thomas Bryant at the five. That would be my starting lineup with Russ coming off the bench. I think the Lakers can make some noise with that lineup because Pat Bev could defend. Brian can defend whenever his knees feel like it. Street clothes can potentially defend. Then you got Thomas, I think I'm Kobe Bryant. So a lot of so the Lakers got a lot of potential if they just string it together and put it together. That's all they gotta do. If they string it together and put it together, I think the Lakers got a lot of potential. I think the Lakers got a lot of potential. But we still got to see what happens. We still got to see what happens. We still got to see what's to, well, what's to come, what's to happen. So we still got to see that. So talking about what's to come. So like I said, I'm going to keep you all updated on what I've been doing. So um, I'm going to keep you all updated on what I've been doing. So like I told you, I tell you all probably this every week. I'm the adaptive sports coordinator. For Clover Nook Center for the Blind and Visually Impaired, we work with kids. That's where that's actually where we shoot at now. That's where we record at now. That's where my office space is at. That's where my studio at. That's where I record from. So we help kids that's blind and visually impaired. So I've been super duper busy and I haven't been, been able to give you all pods because of that. So I don't think I dropped a pod since it might have been Tyler, which did crazy numbers. Um... Yeah, that Tyler McKinley pot interview was crazy, but I don't think I dropped the interview since that one. Shout out Tyler, shout out Alex, gave me great content, answered every question. Um, but it's been super duper busy.
So, um, I've been in New York. So, I went to New York. So, if y'all didn't also know this, my brother coached the Jets. So, that was crazy. My brother coached the Jets. Got a chance to meet the players, go on the field. We did mass crazy stuff. Meet the players, go on the field. We went into the locker room. We reviewed the Jets facility. Also, at work, we've um had the I, look. Cloverup won the coaches. It is the name of it is the coaches coaches challenge award or the coaches or something like that. So they give it out every year at Cloverup Country Club, and my job is actually the recipient of that award. They give it out to a nonprofit organization who's been showing excellent um, honors and strives in the community, and my job ended up winning it. And I am the keynote speaker in that event, which I'm super duper excited for. Um, I'm actually a motivational speaker, if you all didn't know that. So I'm a jack of all traits. I like motivational speaking. So I will be there telling my story. It will be Korean coach. Uh, it's for all football coaches. So they take all the football coaches around this area. I guess this would, this would be considered like the Northwest District. I'm not sure. But they take all the football coaches from around this area and invite them to come have cocktails. Each coach bring their team helmet. And I'll, each coach bring their team helmet, and they are guest bartenders that night at the country club. And people come through. It's open to the public. So if you all want to come, please come join us. And they'll bring their uh, helmets that night, and everybody that order has to fill up their helmet. And at the end of the night, whichever high school has the most money in their helmet win the trophy. Excuse me. Super dope event. Super great event. Um, a lot of networking. It's going to be uh, say next football coach. It's going to be Princeton head football coach. It's going to be um, Corain head football coach, LaSalle head football coach. All these great football coaches around the city is coming to these events. It's, it's coming to this event. So I've been busy with that, um, preparing for it, getting ready for it, just getting my, my speech together. That will be Tuesday. I don't wait. It's the, day, it's the day this dropped, so it will be today. It will be today. So technically, if you listen to this, it's today. It will be today. I will be getting ready for the event. Tuesday, October the 25th from 6 to 9 tonight. Also, shout out Miss Irvin. Um, the career, I don't even know. That's the name of school. Wilbur Career Technical High School. But I go there tomorrow, actually, for, it's called Breakfast for Bosses. So... <laughs> I told Miss Campbell, I, well, Miss Irvin, I told her I'd never say her no. So initially, I didn't even know what I was doing. She asked me, could I come? I said, I can be there. So hold on, this might be it, child. We might be it. This might be it. This might be it. All right, I'll be right back. Be right back. Be right back. Be right back. I'm going to leave the cameras rolling. I'm going to leave the cameras rolling. We are back. Welcome to another episode of the Course I Take Over Podcast. I'm sitting here with um a Cincinnati legend, in my opinion, Vanderbilt all-time assist leader, McDonald's All-American, Princeton head girls varsity basketball coach, D. Davis. What's going on? How you doing? Oh, man, I, I'm blessed. I'm highly favored, and I'm excited to be here. Uh, caught me right off the road, so I'm a little exhausted, but <laughs> I'm going to pull it together for you. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So, so how has it been going? How the summer been going for you? How everything been going for you? Everything's been going well. The buy-in is there. The kids have been working hard. Um, that's from our grassroots all the way up to our high school uh, team. So I'm excited about the, the direction of the program. Now, um, tell people a little more about you. If, just in case they don't know, just in case they might want to know your stuff. Like, just tell a little people more who is D. Who is D Davis, if somebody wants to ask. Uh, who is D Davis? Uh, well, I'm a Princeton product. I'm an alum from Princeton. I went to middle and high school at Princeton and uh, went on to play collegiate basketball, went on to play pro. Um, I've had the opportunity to be on college staffs, Division One staffs, as well as high school coaching. Um, and it just was a full circle opportunity for me to come back to my alma mater and give back and uh, just, just be able to pour into these lives. Now, what made you leaving from coaching at the collegiate level to coming back to high school girls? Uh, just to be more clear, I was a director of basketball operations, so I didn't have the title as an assistant coach. However, um, you know, opportunity presented itself, um, and obviously weighing all the options and considering all the avenues, it just made sense to make that jump. Um, I was about to enter year four, not on the floor coaching. Mm -hmm. So um, in, in order to, for me to continue to sharpen my tool and sharpen my craft, I had to get back on the floor. 
What inspires you? Giving back. Honestly, I, I feel that, you know, growing up, my why was was using basketball as a vehicle to get to the collegiate level to, to make sure it wasn't a burden for my mother. Uh, but my why now is to help young women and young men who have aspirations of playing at the next level to understand the do's and the don'ts and how to get to there. Mm. Now let's take it back to the beginning. So starting off, when you first picked up a basketball, what made you say, I think, I, I think this game could change my life? It's interesting. I grew up watching all boys basketball and one mixtape, uh, the NBA. Um, so, you know, at a young age, once I was able to dribble a basketball, I was hooked. Um, I, I only had I was the only home in the neighborhood that had a basketball goal. Mm -hmm. So all the boys would knock on the door and ask my brother <laughs> if I could come outside and play basketball um, with them. So, you know, it was something that I gravitated to and that really um, I took a, 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 a huge liking to it, a huge interest. So it was something that I never was able to get shake or shake rather. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. So um, just doing my, you know, I do thorough research on everyone before I even decide to sit down with them. Yeah. What you got a long list of accomplishments. What keeps you humble? My upbringing, my family, you know, they've always been able to keep my head on my shoulders the proper way. Um, I've always understood that in any moment that this could all be taken away from me. Um, and the one thing I, I value are the relationships I've built along the way. So making my family proud, um, making sure that the young, young people that are looking up to me have a good representation and a good role model. Mm, I like that. I like that. Now, um, just like I said, the list of the list of accomplishments you had, the things you've been through from making it to the WNBA to being one of Vanderbilt's all-time leading assist players, one of the all-time best players, really. Now, coming back to doing it full circle, how does it feel to just walk in that Princeton gym and just see your number hanging in the rafters like crazy? Oh, it's it's a it's a very surreal feeling. I I, I don't take it lightly. Um, there was a lot of hard work, sweat and tears that went into that. So the the amount of hours that I've I've spent on this craft to be able to come back and show these kids a, a model of someone that, who's been down the same road that they've gone and and been able to make something of myself. It's a very humbling moment to be able to walk in the gym every day, and it just keeps me motivated to, to drive and do the best I can for these kids. That's nice. How was the, um, a lot of people might want to know that because this is where a lot of people don't do this from the city. How was the All-American experience? Because you were a McDonald's All-American. How was that experience? It was a very cool experience, you know, to, to be able to be arm length away from LeBron James and Chris Paul and some of the great women's basketball players. It was a very fun experience. Um, we got to go to the Ronald McDonald house. We got to do a lot of cool experiences together. And um, the relationships that you form during that process is always really fun, but the the experience itself is a really really fun experience. Yeah, um, those experiences and the networking you did. What did you like? What could you take from just the time for playing overseas? That those experiences, the time for playing collegiate, even from playing in high school. What what could you take from those experiences and apply to like your everyday life? There's there's been. Um, you know, you learn a lot along the way, obviously, as a player and, and forming into a coach. Um, you learn who you want to be, who you don't want to be. Um, you, you realize the, the things that worked and the things that didn't work. So you know how to fix those, those you know, make those adjustments. So within all my playing days, I learned a ton. I learned a ton about myself, the resilience that I have, uh, being able to overcome adversity. Um, having three knee surgeries in college was a was a huge blow, but I was still able to succeed and have success after that. Um, so just being able to get knocked down and know how to get back up, and I think that was one of the biggest things that um, that I've had to learn because life has thrown me countless amount of curveballs that nobody could even imagine. Uh, but I, I smile through it all and I keep I keep trucking. How is the coach? Is her name Soleil? Yes. How is the coach Soleil? Because she's obviously one of the best players in the state. Do you Absolutely. two two part question actually? How is the culture her, and do you see yourself in her sometimes? One hundred percent. I think that I'm very fortunate to be able to coach a Soleil. Um, but Soleil Williams is is a special player. She's somebody that I'm very fortunate to be able to come in first year and have access to. Um, to see the drive in that young lady, the the commitment, the work ethic. The, the commitment to the academics and then just being a great overall person. Um, I admire that in her. 
you know, I challenge her, I push her, I make her uncomfortable, I pull her out of her comfort zone. But, you know, the things that I see in her, I, it's amazing. I, I don't even think she knows how great she is at a lot, a lot of times. Um, and, and as far as do I see a little of myself in her, in moments, yes. Mm -hmm. In moments, yes, but I can tell you, Soleil was way better than I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, another question because I'm a big advocate for women's basketball. I have like hoodies, WNBA hoodies. I got like yeah. all type of things, and I'm not nobody, so I can't get it to grow. What do you think the key is to getting women's basketball to growing to get to the next level? Having more exposure. You know, we we just have to um, gain more exposure. And, and when we get those moments to, to be on those, those stages, to be able to perform, perform at our best, um, I think it, it's a true testament to when, if anybody goes to a, a female game mm -hmm. of any grade level or, or profession level, it's a huge experience for them because they see how hard the women work, how fundamentally sound they are, how they play together as a team, how they support and share and celebrate each other. Um, so I feel if there was more exposure for example, you know, and I, and I want to argue this until the day I leave uh, Ohio basketball is to get more girls games on Friday nights, on premier nights. I, okay, now let me tell you my idea. I always said this. This is how I think it should go, personal opinion. The girls varsity and the boys varsity should play on the same day. For sure. Freshmen shouldn't play on the same day as varsity boys. You know, in Columbus, freshmen play on Wednesdays. I did not know that. Yes, freshmen boys and freshmen. And I think that girl, it should be like, Maybe JV boys, then the girls. So it should be JV boys playing at 430, varsity girls, then varsity boys. That'll get the girls more exposure. We're getting one doubleheader game this season. That'll be uh, nice. We'll, we'll play where our JV girls and JV boys are playing at the same time in different gyms. And then girls varsity and then boys varsity will play. So I want to see more of that. Mm -hmm. um, where I just came from, actually in Nashville, they um, every game is a doubleheader. Mm. So we always had, actually, we had JV girls, JV boys, varsity girls, varsity boys on Tuesdays and Fridays. Now, who do you think Who do you think would be the head honcho of that, just changing that whole, just getting that going? I don't know who that is, but I think as, as a program, you know, with our athletic director and our boys coach, when we have end-of-the-year meetings mm. with uh, the other coaches and programs, that we just try to schedule accordingly. Um, the only way we were able to manage this, this, this time was due to the fact that we're both playing the same school a day apart from each mm. other so we just moved it to one day made it easier made it easier yeah. yeah if um if you if you knew what you knew now what would you tell your 17 year old self grind like there's no tomorrow mm. grind like there's no tomorrow you know nothing was ever handed to me but the fact that i felt i worked hard i would have worked harder mm. um in a sense because you know there's no ceiling for an athlete that wants to go far. Like you have to go and work, be a student of it, um, be obsessed with it and eat, sleep and drink what you're trying to accomplish. And so for myself to reach back, I would say it's okay to fail, keep pushing. I like that, that's nice, I like that. Yeah. All right, and, um, another question, the overseas experience, how was that? Because most people think that the NBA or WNBA is the all-out be-all. If I don't go over there, then it's over. So how was just that experience of just even getting the chance to just get in that car? Like, okay, this is another opportunity. Well, it's it's different for everyone, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, your what you do in college, the connection that you have, your representation, as in your agent, um, what connections of countries that they have. But when I got that opportunity to go overseas, um, obviously there's a lot of things to weigh, um, but that's what you have your agent for, to kind of help guide you with that. I, um, you know, I went over to a, a foreign country and, and was, I didn't know not one soul. I didn't know <laughs> a, a person that looked like me over there. There was no uh, understanding of the language. I didn't know the culture. I didn't know the food. So it was a big adjustment culturally for myself to get over there. Um, and then when you're with a lot of teammates that don't speak English, it might take many of them to get one sentence accomplished. So when I first got over there, there was a lack of communication. Um, my coach spoke about five different languages, but a lot of times, because I was the only one, I got left out. Mm -hmm. So just the, the language barrier, um, not really feeling comfortable to, to navigate the, the space that I was at um, by myself. Um, 
it was it had its own challenges. You know, I practiced twice a day for the entire season. We played a lot of games, and um, you know, <laughs> you listen to your coach and coaching at, at during the game and at halftime, and you reach over and ask somebody, "What did he say?" <laughs> Just like loving love basketball. basketball. Yeah. It's it's that same type of situation. Um, so it, it was interesting. I I went to Greece after being there probably about six six months or so, and. Got some Americanized things there. I think it was a Big Mac I ate at McDonald's just because it <laughs> reminded me of home. Yes. Um, but I did meet some Americans that played on the men's team. So mm. uh, I got to connect with them and their families, and they introduced me to a lot of different things that I wouldn't have experienced. But it was about time for me to go when I met them. But yeah. overall, it was a great experience to be able to travel Europe and um, compete at a high level against some of the best out there in the country. And... Um, coming back home and, and still having opportunities to play in the WNBA. I interviewed a lot of people that played overseas, and I always ask this question. I get crazy answers. What is one thing you've seen over there that made me say, I got to go home? Like, not <laughs> literally, but it's a different culture. Like you said, it's different. Food is different. Like, like okay, like this done did it for me. Right. Like, I can't, I'm not literally going home, but mm-hmm. what's one thing? Uh, as soon as I got to my destination, um, I was on my way. To, to switch over some money mm-hmm. to their currency. And it was a gentleman that got off of a off public transportation and he looked very suspicious. And he was trying to lure me over to him. Mm-hmm. And so in my gut, I felt like he was gonna try to rob me. Um, so that was like, oh man, I can't leave my apartment. Yeah. I can't do anything by myself because I don't know anyone mm-hmm. over here. So for safety reasons, that was a concern. Just, you don't know people's intentions. And when you look like an outsider, and you move like an outsider, people take advantage of that. So that's good that was a that was a little intimidating. That's a good one. That's a good advice too for people that's watching this and plan on making that trip. They know what to look out for, what to be right, aware of, right. what what to expect. Literally, because sure. a lot of it's a lot of youth that watch this, so they might be thinking this. Okay, if I decide to make that next route, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. So that's that's good feedback. If um, what is the well, we can switch it up. It's time to get into my takeover segment of the day. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. You can answer them to the best of your ability or however you want to can. We're going to have a little fun. And also, if you're watching this and you like the content you see and you like what you're listening to, don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the bottom left if you're on YouTube or if you're listening to us on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, any podcast form, please subscribe. Give us a follow. Thank you. So, all right. Best player you ever played against. Well, that's tough. You're trying to get me in trouble, man. <laughs> You're trying to get me in trouble. Um, mm, Becky Hammond was 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 a legit player. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was uh, in San Antonio, I was having to compete against her on a day to day basis practice. in practice, yeah. and and she was somebody that I was committed to trying to defend at the highest level, and that lady still managed to score every time <laughs> she got that ball. So she was a very impressive player. Obviously, people like Tina Thompson, Cheryl Swoops mm. were icons, obviously. Oh, yeah, Cheryl um, was a bucket. For sure. I mean, I, don't, I can't pinpoint one particular player because I've played against so many greats, mm-hmm. and I don't want to limit it to one. So, right. I, I mean, you have your Candace Parkers. You have you just have so many amazing yeah. athletes. It's, it's hard to name one, but okay, for sure. No, um, The tournament. When the pressure, yeah, I really did my research. When the pressure was on in the sermon, what was that feeling like? You at the free throw line, March Madness, crazy gym, yeah. and you doing your, like, what was just that March Madness feeling like? Like, what was that whole experience like? I mean, we were prepared for that. We had been there before, um, so it wasn't a, a new thing, but a moment where I had to be focused and, and do what I needed to do for our team to advance. And, you know, it it's a it's a, a very hostile environment um when you're in those moments but it was it was a lot of it was stressful yeah. it was stressful for sure but it was exciting nonetheless and you know when you're a competitor you're going to do whatever it takes to to help that team win exactly yeah. okay back to program um if you are if you will start your team with a big or a point guard what would it be point guard okay point guard if um best basketball shoot to play in in your opinion oh man uh best basketball shoes. I mean, of course, Nike, Jordan, all that, but I would say Nike, but I don't have a specific shoe. Gotcha. Yeah. If you could coach one player, who would it be? Hmm. 
give me more framework on that. Okay, if you could coach one player not on your team and not in your conference, who would it be? In high school? High school or NBA or WNBA, I mean. In WNBA? Oh, yeah, either or. Hell, yeah. It could be anybody. Oh, wait. Not in high school or not in your conference, but it could be anybody. Who would I coach? That is a great question. I would have coached Maya Moore. Ooh, that's a good answer. Okay. Maya Moore. Okay. Yeah, she was a walking bucket. Yes. That, that player, she's she's a yes. phenomenal athlete. Have you ever played against her or seen her play? No, probably she's not. Younger than her. Yeah, I was gonna say probably I not. Didn't get a chance but too. You I seen her play though in person? Oh yeah, she's great. Okay, she's okay. great. If you could take five people to the block top, including yourself, who you're taking in your prime? If you're taking like okay, who you taking? I'm taking Don Staley. Okay. Ooh, that's a good way. Um, <laughs> I like her. <laughs> I like her. Um, I'm taking. Uh, Tina Thompson. I gotta say my best friend just because of the love. Mel Thomas. Okay. Um hmm. I'm taking Tamika Ketchens. Oh she Simone Augustus. Oh, Simone Augustus. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a yeah, good one. Simone. I like that one. Yeah. Narrow your principles down into three words. We over me. Oh, we are taking that. We over me. <laughs> um, something else too. Last but not no, actually two of them. Princeton have a great season. It, no, Princeton season is a success if we take care of us. Okay. Last but not least, who should I have on a podcast next? And if you know me, you should plug me. Soleil Williams. That's a good one. <laughs> that was yeah. easy. That's a good one. Well, that's another that's another episode of Course I Take Over Podcast. That's D Davis, and we out. Well, no, we not. I got something for you. <laughs> so, yeah, you this might be a little too big, but it still fit. I appreciate you. No doubt, no Thank doubt, so no much. doubt, no Thank doubt, so no much. doubt. Of course, I take over. Welcome to the family, and keep in touch. Uh, it's an open invite. Anytime you want to get on to promote something. Anytime you got a player you want to talk about or talk to or anything else you want to do, of course, I take over as an open invite. Man, so thank you. I appreciate you. No, appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's it. We out. Real big. Real big. I know one day I would do it. Real big. Real big. Real big. I know what my real is feel is.